Welcome on and all to another TMG interview, talking movies with those who make them. Paul Preston here, going one-on-one with someone who has truly done what you do in an indie film. He's taken the slash seriously. He is the producer, co-writer, and co-director of the new documentary, Beers of Joy. We'll find out if he did hair and makeup and catering and all that. And an old friend, happy to have him here. Uh, Let's bring a warm round of applause to David Swift. Uh, Alright, let's get right to it. Beers of Joy is available everywhere you get your VOD. That's YouTube, Amazon Prime, Vudu, etc. And I'll have David tell us what it's all about. Go I ahead, man. I will tell you. You know, while it is called Beers of Joy and while it is a, fair, a film about beer, it's about more than that. For those of you that don't like beer or aren't even beer curious, you, yeah, that's a thing now. Yeah. You can find... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you'll cue some really canned laughter really bad. Um... <laughs> You will find four great characters, two of whom are on an amazing journey like Master Sommeliers in Wine or the movie Psalm, but in this case, it's the Master Cicerone program, which is one of the most difficult tests you can possibly take in the world. One is a world-class, multi-gold winning brewer who goes on a quest to Europe, and it's an amazing, amazing ending there. And then one is a world-famous brew chef, so he's a chef who also knows beer, and he goes back as far as he can throughout American history, 150 years, 250 years, all the way back to Plymouth, it's a it's a real ride, Paul. Well, like, like yeah, I watched it, and it is part contest film, part travelogue, part overall once over of the magic elixir, as you call it, part history. There's time travel. It's everything. got everything. Right. Uh, so let's play a clip then, and let the film then speak for itself as well. This beverage encapsulates our society. I think at this point it's a quest. Joe cares so much about the little things. I've seen people come to tears. LL, caramel malt, sugar adjuncts, diacetyl, fruity, orange marmalade hops. Bonus points. It really represents the first biotechnology. It can be dangerous and it's bloody hot. Oh, that's boiling. It's going to boil over. <laughs> Someone is going to drink my beer in the Netherlands today and it could possibly make their day better. That is why people should get in the beer business. You cannot call it beer. You just have to call it a refreshing beverage made out of malt with alcohol. David was nodding his head along with the trailer music meeting. Did you cut that too? You've done everything. We did a lot. That's what you do with indie film. You do everything. That's right. Uh, so yeah, there's a little taste of, and after David's description, the characters who are at the head of this film. And it's crucial when you get a good documentary that the lead person, whether it's Philippe Petit and Man on Wire, right? I mean, how interesting was that guy that really made great. that movie? So how do you narrow it down to four people you want to follow for this film? I think you nailed it, Paul, as a fellow filmmaker. I think if you don't cast well and get interesting characters who have something at risk and they're on an arc to get something that's difficult to attain, I think you're going to bore the audience. So we spent a lot of time, more time I think than would be normal on a film, scouring the world really to find the best brewer, brewers, the best candidates for the Master Cicerone program, and then the wildest, zaniest chef who also knows beer that we could find. And between the four of them, there's something for everybody in the film. Not in a salesy way, like I'm telling you. Check it out. <laughs> it's not for everybody, kids. It's, it's for everybody. For everybody. <laughs> but more than that, it's uh, it's diverse. My wife has no interest in beer. I think my partners, uh, Mike and Scott, Mike Cooley and Scott Owen, who co-directed and co-wrote it with me, uh, none of our wives cared a hoot about beer, and all of them saw the film and were like, I really think I want to know more. They became the beer curious. That is a great term. A goal. Thank did you. Did you coin that? I, I did. The by movie accident. should let that but do the hashtag. Didn't clear. We, got, we wanted legal said you, you got to call it beer of joy. You can't call it beer curious. I'm no, like, but can't get, we? you can hashtag. We can right? hashtag. Can make that, the yeah. hashtag be a thing. We'll make it happen. Yeah. So Scott Owen and uh, Mike Cooley. Mike Cooley yeah. were the other 
gentlemen behind yeah. this? All three directors? All three no? of us are directors. Oh. Scott and I directed it and uh, wrote it together. Uh, Mike is not only the producer of the film with us and our partner and friend, but uh, we call him like the Hulk. He's our Hulk. So if you need a guy who's going to be doing the editing and the shooting, and everything in between, a guy to get really angry and destroy does things. All of it, man. Yeah, of course. <laughs> all right. He's just terrific, and Scott's great. Now, do you, so then, w- did it, this whole film? Is this the first documentary about beer that's out there? It's no, it's not. There's a okay. lot of documentaries about beer, right. um, but are they very specific though? Like, yeah, a documentary about wheat beer. Only I think this a lot is kind of, of this is kind of wide German beer ranging. Yeah, to German beers. I can tell you that. Um, most of the documentaries we watched about beer were very specific and pretty nerdy. And our goal is not to make that beer, even though there's plenty of beer nerding and beer porn. That's a word. Beer porn. You, In the you film. did not just mispronounce Pong. No. Porn I I had. is what you said. Porn pay. Yeah. And I think that um, our goal, jokingly, not with anything but uh, humility, was to make the world's greatest beer fi- film or beer doc. And by the time we got to the end, you know, you just you hope it gets done, you hope it gets picked up, and all that stuff. And we were thrilled to see a lot of critics coming out and saying this might be the world's greatest beer documentary. And if for nothing else than the effort of making sure most of the great scholars of the world are in the film, the people who are most fascinated about beer, people who don't care anything about beer, and you, you know, getting to go all over Bavaria and Germany and Italy and throughout the United States, it's unusual. So we're really fortunate to schlep all over. So then how does it start with you three guys? You say, we like drinking beer and we like making movies. Ka-ching! Or is it like... I like your version better. (laughs) Or did one of you come to the group or how did it all No, we have a company called 111 Entertainment and we are, um, Mike loves when I do this, three sort of independent filmmakers that came together to decide to work in film and TV and now documentaries, animation, all things. Um, This came via Sundance a couple of years ago where I was and uh, people jokingly saying, again, investors and business partners and other businesses saying, we really want to make the world's greatest beer doc documentary. And I said, yeah, somebody should do that. And we got, uh, got the opportunity to do it, uh, brought the partnership of Anheuser-Busch, who is really, really awesome to work with. And I'm not just saying that. Oh, there's a gun on my back. No. <laughs> uh, Popular Mechanics and a couple of private investors and then us as companies. So it was great. It was a great experience. But you, you like beer. I do. Okay. I think I went in there as sort of a uh, normal beer drinking guy. I'll have a little of this. Yeah, I've been doing a lifetime of research. Right, Finally right. going to put it to use. My wife's tired of the research. <laughs> She's been very <laughs> yeah. clear about the research ending soon, which it won't. Um, in the process, though, we go from knowing a little bit about beer to learning everything you can because you're working with the best and the brightest worldwide in this. So we, we got real good real fast. There was a line in there, brewing is medicinal. Hmm. That somebody said that. That's cool. What, so how has that not caught on? I don't know. I, I, that's the first time I've ever heard totally that. Totally medicinal. A lot of B vitamins in beer. It's a healthful beverage. You know, if you're going to fast and you're in Belgium and you're a monk, that's what you're going to drink for weeks and months. And you can provide sustenance. It's been around since before Bible times. It's, uh, it's an ancient beverage. As Dr. Pat McGovern from the University of Pennsylvania talks about in the film, he's fascinating. I wish we had more of him in the film, too. Okay, so you set out to do this. Mike and uh, Scott. Right, Mike mm-hmm. and Scott. Mike and Scott uh, have how much experience have in they the beer drinking? features? In fe- <laughs> gotcha. In features, uh, Mike's been working on and off in film for at least a decade. Is he directed? He's, done it, he's directed for, for sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's done a documentary called South Bureau Homicide, which is excellent. Won a lot of awards. That's that's Scott. That's Mike. That's Mike and Scott. Scott, my writing directing partner, uh, comes from the world of small films, uh, very little films you've not heard of uh, in the visual effects space, uh, Star Wars film and. 
Avatar. A little something. Tiny yeah. stuff. He yeah. works with Peter Jackson. He's worked with uh, James Cameron. He's worked with J.J. Oh, wow. Abrams. He's fantastic. So each of us sort of formed this company a few years ago. So you're the guy who went, okay. There's always one guy, and he usually has two, uh, two high hair. It's the Brian Grazer effect. <laughs> yeah, that's so, a lens thing. This is not real. You put a lens, right? Yeah, it's all okay. effects. It's, it's all really effects. only this high. It's a Snapchat filter. Which was how most people watch our show. Here's now. Uh, but, okay, so basically what I'm saying is these guys have eh, worked with all these huge people. Mike, I've made a bunch of stuff, and here comes David. Now, you have no uh, feature experience, right. right, of a feature film. Right. And you take on this, like, globe-trotting, yeah. multi-character. How much? How many yeah. hours of footage were, was there? I wish Mike were here to tell you that, but I can uh. tell you it's so many terabytes that I started to weep when he expressed it to us. I cannot <laughs> tell you. I, th- I think there might have been... 90 hours or something and if I'm off I'm off by a lot yeah, that's not so bad yeah you know, like I'm sorry I'm at 9,000 <laughs> well Quincy yeah. for example like the yeah. doc that just came out about Quincy yeah. Jones I mean you can only imagine a lifetime of footage of we those shot, guys we shot we shot through hundreds and hundreds oh, yeah. and hundreds we shot I think maybe close to 100 days which is a major feature for a documentary that's bigger than most features I don't know how many uh, our beloved Star Wars shoots but uh, we wanted to get everything we possibly could and then uh, live in an edit bay for many, many months, calling it all down. Drinking beer. Drinking beer. Drinking beer. Once in a while. Okay, so our, our, our four people who I mentioned, you, you got four people at the head of this thing who are, who are interesting. You have Sean Paxton. He's mm-hmm. the, 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 the... Brew chef. Home brew chef. chef. Yep. I, I, I think he's my favorite. Ever, like do him? people tell you they have a favorite? Everybody has a favorite. Yeah, okay. I, like I don't. They're all like children. Of course, naturally. Of course. You don't want to oh, speak ill about any of your kids. But this guy, I just thought of him sweating in the in the eighty five degree yeah. kitchen, making the the meal for it's everybody at the because the, you went to Plymouth. We did. Right? It's unusual to get to film there too. By the way, is that right? We're very grateful to them. Yeah. So being at the actual area and place where you know the first people landed in this country, at least the visitors to this country, to be honest and accurate, uh, and to be able to shoot there and to have him in there, sweat it up, and to be honest, and you know this is true, chef. And for those of you who haven't seen the film. He's a very famous, accomplished chef. So, you know, doing an old-timey feast, he was like, I got this. And he did-ish. <laughs> yeah. Watch the film. The struggle was real, though. That was very real. People yeah. were like, how much water did you have to dump on him for that scene? I was like, there was, there was no dumping of water. Yeah. It was insanely no, hot in there. I mean, the things you take for granted that he mentioned, you don't have a countertop. No. We didn't think of that on purpose. And as we got in there and he struggled, I mean, you know, as a friend, I felt for him. But as a director and a writer, I loved it. Put a loaf of bread on the ground or something? I mean, yeah. you can't. I mean, you got to improvise. Terrifying. That was know, fun to watch. The uh, Im- totally immersed characters who uh, are the interpreters, we call them, or are they are called through um, Plymouth, are incredible. They live lives like that and completely immerse themselves. Some of them do you know, teaching at Harvard on the weekends. These are world-class scholars who live as those first settlers would have. It's pretty amazing. And they stay in character. Oh, yeah. They, they certainly did. Yeah, they were, I mean... For the camera, they could have gone, yeah, no, I play so-and-so. Yeah. And, so. and right. it was fun having the crew here it's today. It's big, Dr. Dilling. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, fascinating. But, uh, no, they, they... And one of them was called Elizabeth Warren, which yeah, took me for that? a second. I went, wait, I'm so sorry. She we... said that, I was like... <laughs> All right, whatever you say. Yeah. Whatever you say. She could be president. Um, but you threw by a word earlier that uh, describes what two of our characters are trying to be, a Cicerone. Yes. So I'd never heard of this until your movie, and yeah. it, you mentioned it is what uh, basically a sommelier is, mm-hmm. but for beer. Yep. Never knew this. Yeah. And there's 13 of them in the world. Yep. How many sommeliers are there? I'm not going to give it away in terms of the ending of the film, but I will tell you that if there are, let's say there are 250-something, it's 250-something yeah. master sommeliers for wine in the world. That's a small number for yeah, a planet, yeah. right? 250-something. Right. 200-something. Uh, there are not 250-something, nor 150-something, nor 50-something 
but 13 master Cicerones in the world. So trying to become that third, I guess it would have been trying to be the 13th when we filmed this, is an extraordinary feat. And it's a very, very difficult test. Some have said the most difficult test you can take of any kind on earth. After that, I don't know, London taxi oh, oh, test. Oh, it, it seems, it, it seems it though. It's I mean, awful. they're talking about, like, there was a guy Ryan in it who totally Ryan Daly. He could drink a beer and go. Mm, yeah, I think this was uh, bottled April thirteenth, twenty seventeen. Right. It was has been stored at thirty seven yeah. degrees since then. A little I rubber mean, hose, rubber hose. Yeah, I'm smelling a little amaretto with a bitter orange. I mean, what? Ryan were here. He'd say malty biscuity, malty biscuity. <laughs> and yeah. Joe uh, Vogelbacher, who was going to call in, but he's actually oh, no, in a monsoon. Uh, he's a commander in the navy. Oh, that's story. right. Yeah. And he's actually driving through a monsoon to a base right now. He's like, I can't call in. It's not safe, <laughs> sir. And I said, that's totally fine. <laughs> They're not letting me call into a garage no. in the valley Joe, from my warship. Yeah, Sorry. Exactly. It's, well, it's, you know, we're a bit busy. Priorities. Yeah. Uh, but Ryan and Joe and the other Master Cicerone candidates were extraordinary. And to be able to watch them do what they do with that level of skill, we started to call them, you'll love this, Beer Jedi. They are that good. I feel like that. If there were only 13 Jedi. Is there, the a, uh, is there a... Uh, Dumbledore, though, amongst them, who who is like, or is it the thirteen? They're just the thirteen. I would say, or is there one should, guy? Who, you will find that person by watching this film. Yeah, because it seemed like there was a guy who administers everything. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. Wow, it's an amazing accomplishment. And you know, we had a chance to sort of play with or them. a Yoda. Sorry, I should. Yeah, continue, yeah, I, I should stick mean. with your. We'll uh, go with that analogy. But knowing is there that a Yoda, a beer you, Yoda? You, it's fun to drink beers with those guys at that level until they get real serious and competitive, which they are, and then they want to know. Well, like let's get uh, let's get David Swift on here. Let's get Scott Owen on there, and ran us through uh, the paces. And uh, I have proof; it's on camera somewhere. I was shocked that I did really well on one of them. Shocked. Which like one of the different yeah so parts I, of the test. I was, or no, I was rolling through. Overall. We'll do a little bit in a minute, but rolling through some of those tastings and right away telling them that well, it's definitely barrel aged. I'm definitely I'm definitely getting a cinnamon on this. It might be a little coliander. I'm not sure. And going in and you know, Damn. they were all waiting for the cameras to stop rolling and say something like, uh, "Idiot!" And I expected them to say that, but I, I nailed two out of the three. I nice. was shocked. Won't happen again. No, Marup doesn't believe that. My wife. No, he that. totally reminded me of uh, the comparable. Uh, character is Paul Giamatti in Sideways, right? who puts his hand on his ear, his yeah. ear to totally. smell. <laughs> right. I mean, and yeah. There's some pretty advanced, amazing techniques. You see a little bit of which in the film, a little bit of them in the film. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Well, I look forward to learning that one day. Yeah. The, 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 who was your DP? Uh, I would have to say Mike Cooley. Again, our Hulk, who edited nice. the you film with us. the indie film. Like, He's amazing. Uh, we had four uh, very, very capable shooters uh, who also acted as DPs. Uh, they're listed in the film. They're great. And uh, Because those opening shots, I wanted to have sex with those opening shots. It's crazy. Even if you're beer. not into beer, it's beautiful, right? Yeah. It was beautiful. Yeah. Some of the aerials we shot. It's beautiful. Flying in these, it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And you shot in Hamburg? We did. Wait a minute. So Hamburg, New York. The other you Hamburg. went to Germany. Correct. And you shoot in Hamburg, New York. Now, yeah. I went to school in Western New York. Did you really? So I was shocked that somebody knew anything uh, oh, yeah. uh, about beer there outside yeah. of, uh, it tastes good. Right. No, there's <laughs> there's know? some great breweries in that area and in upstate New York. Oh, well, there's wineries. Well. And for wineries, sure. too, for yeah, sure. I did wineries. That. Yeah. But yeah, who knew? I learned. Buffalo doing something yeah. ever. Yeah. And Master Cicerone candidate Ryan Daly being from Hamburg, he is uh, beloved in that town with his wife. And uh, you'll have to check out the film to see if he did or didn't pass the gauntlet, this awful grinding Master Cicerone exam, which is 20 hours long. The wife seemed to be 100% behind it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The wives are very supportive. Get the family and everything. Get the drama going. Yeah. People don't think it's serious when they tell their husbands uh, or their family members, you know, oh, he's a... he drinks beer for a living, and they're like, ha ha, how did he get that job? <laughs> yeah. How did he get that he job? He pulled one over on you, didn't totally. he? Totally. I'm uh, studying. 
I'm studying. And not for nothing. I, did I hear a Wilhelm scream? There was one. I heard a did Wilhelm. you catch it? Of course I did. Wow. Who, I'm a movie guy. Of course you are. I heard the Wilhelm scream. I'm like, what? First of all, I was in the middle of animated, animation. Yes. yes. Uh, and uh, does someone from a documentary wing of Hollywood come and require you to have animation in your documentary? Every you know, documentary it's, has animation. It's granted, kind of standard. But yeah. yours was practical, not just like recreating no. scenes or and something. And again, we did, we did those in-house. Uh, Scott and Mike and I uh, spent a lot of time trying to make it fun and funky and not too somber or too serious because again it's, it's a serious film but it doesn't take itself too seriously for the record that's when you're jumping through the history of beer itself yeah which uh, started in africa how about that who knew goes back yeah. but yeah it's just like every documentary i see animations required yeah. i wonder if anyone came to you and said Cue you know the obligatory <laughs> animation <laughs> yeah how was your fest run? You said you've won awards? Yeah, a lot. I don't know what the number is now or by the time this airs. On uh, IMDb, it's seven or eight, I think. It's a lot, and uh, we're fortunate and uh, feel very grateful. Uh, as I said, somebody somewhere said it was the world's greatest beer doc, which was the joke goal we had set, so we were thrilled and humbled to hear that. Uh, and there are a lot of beer films. Somebody's like, oh, because you're the only beer doc. I see. So you won that one. <laughs> yeah. um, and we're still out. Different folks uh, have not seen it yet. We're probably going to have a big screening at USA here, my, USC here, my alma mater, and Mike's. So uh, we'll see how it goes. But it's been great. L.A. Film Awards, New York Film Awards, Indie Fest Film Awards, Florence Film Awards. That's Italy. Mm-hmm. Nice. And uh, and more. Yeah. So there's there's a whole bunch of... There. What do you make of that uh, phrase you hear about no great conversation ever started over a salad? <laughs> right, <that's, laughs> I haven't heard that. That's good. <laughs> that's, that's what beer is all about. And that's that, a good one. that brings me to one of my favorite uh, uh quotes in the movie a guy flies by for just a second he's not even a major major character he's holding a beer and he says the great thing about this is you can't you can't do it digitally right like you can't there's no there's no there's no no way to reproduce the idea of having a beer with a friend that's tony yano i hope i'm pronouncing it right and he is local he has a place called uh the bluebird brasserie on ventura boulevard Hmm. here in la and he is a well-known and highly regarded brewer and we just wanted his thoughts on beer, and he dropped that little bombshell on us. I was like, that's really cool. Yeah. That's how it makes the top of the film. I mean, you're here in a garage where I have cassette tapes. What garage? This is the biggest <laughs> this is a studio. That's right. This life. is a studio. Listen to this. Echo. Yeah. Echo. So I kind of like the idea of just like, you know, what everyone sinks totally. into now experiences yeah. and ways to communicate with, the, with each other that are digital. Having the beer is still a thing. It's as real as it gets. And probably not going away. No, and it's been doing it like this. People have been engaging in a, beer, a beerful way. Is that a thing? Uh, for, I don't know, 10,000 years? Even if you connect online with somebody, yeah. eventually you're like, well, we should have a beer. Exactly. That's the next step. <laughs> yeah, that is the next step. Yeah. All right. So uh, I got to get this name right again. A Cicerone yes. is a sommelier of sorts of, for beer. That's right. And they uh, know everything Beyond about everything. beer. They're Jedi. They're beer Jedi. And a lot of it comes from what they can gather from a simple tasting. Yeah. David, let's do one. Let's try it out. Now, I'm coming at this from a guy who doesn't drink beer at all. I know. I just never started. A beer It looked expensive, and I said, I'm out. Yeah. I bought the bought for the table once, and it was $35. This was like 10 years ago, and beer I went, oh, nope. You can get <laughs> beers it. that are very everyday and inexpensive, all the way up to beers that are you know hundreds of dollars a bottle, and you can get very serious about it really quickly. And I'll surprise you today. I brought you some. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. And I want you to guide me through what a Cicerone might do or say. Oh, yeah, because I know everything beer. about beer, Paul. I can have it. <laughs> well, you... All right. So this is not going to be in any particular order. And I'll make sure I'm talking on the mic. <laughs> on the mic. <laughs> yeah, please. This yeah, is uh, uh, yeah, why don't you read what this Ginger Kogan beer. Okay. Premium unfiltered imported product of Japan. Yeah. So I'll walk you through these. Where did you get this? Well. BevMo? 
Or do you know a guy? You can find these at your local craft beer store. Any of these. Most of these. Blackberry Saison Ale? Right. Am I pronounce that correctly? I knew when we had a beer virgin on our hands, we were going to have to take good care of you, my friend Paul. This is called Dog Ate My Homework. It is. Okay. And he did. Or she did. Uh, I wanted to tell you and your viewers and everybody else that it doesn't have to be a beer like you're picturing it. You know, a Bud Light, a Coors Light. Those are fine. Um, but, you know, there are a lot of different kinds of cars, right? There are over 100 different beer styles. I wanted to make sure that we could give some to you. Uh in no particular order, this one, for instance, is made with actual Hershey's syrup, which will, I hope, show mm-hmm. up on the nose when you open it. And they say you're supposed to shake it up and then hand it to your guest, right? Is That's, that I think, not you, a thing. You didn't. I'm, okay, I'm, I might have messed that up. Somewhere. Don't believe you're. No, I don't think you're David Swift who made a movie. David no, Swift no. Who, who would that? Who did that? This is a coconut macroon uh, imperial stout, different type of beer. This is, believe it or not, a Belgian beer, but brewed and made in Japan. And I got to give a plug, which are all these glasses here to the Sugar Creek boys who, in my experience, having tasted a lot of Belgian beers in the years ago, even in Belgium, I've never had better Belgian beer in my life than what they make in North Carolina. And Joe's in the film. That's interesting. I had friends who uh, imported Belgian beer, and then we made a pilot about cooking with Belgian beer. So it's funny to see uh, uh, Sean on there. (laughs) No, I know. And then this Uh, is from a local brewery called Brewery West. Dog ate my homework. This is a Blackberry and black raspberry saison, which we would I would refer to as a fruit beer. So a fruit beer, a Belgian wit, which is uh, for white. This is a imperial stout, as I said, which is going to be a dessert beer. And this would just be the one that uh, I, I don't know. I think you'll have a favorite. This is the Hershey's syrup. Yeah, happy yeah, Hershey's. Yeah, that's oh, the one I'm going to like the best. All right, so let's get into it. I wish we had, wish now. We had would a, a guy would a guy right? who's like you know watching the Bills. In Hamburg, New York, what is all this? I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's fair. I think that in this case, pardon me, pardon me. I think that in this case, there's a beer for everyone. In other words, my wife, once she had, my wife, if anyone knows Petro Papadakis, my wife, BMS, yeah, shout out. They, um, my wife was most interested to hear that there was a fruit beer or a Saison, and she's like, well, that tastes like a wine. We've, in Italy, you'll see in the film, there's a gentleman there, Leonardo who uh, is a master of brewing, like a lot of folks in this, and he's combining a lot of wine techniques with beer brewing techniques. And when you taste it, you're like, I don't even know what this is, and it's amazing. So I'll let you get a sniff on this. All right. Get your, nose right, do it. Get your nose right in there. Get your nose. Dangle your nostrils in it, as Charlie Bamforth says in the film. What are you smelling? Well, you have to take a deep whiff, because first you smell beer, but then when you keep there inhaling. He's already ready for a Cicerone training. Yeah, then you get the right. chocolate. I don't have a plan for this, and they're going to get all mixed up. <laughs> I will pour. There's different ways to pour a beer, by the way. Some people like, and you should pour it as you wish. Some people like to pour with vigor, as Dr. Charlie Bamforth says at the top of the film. Which became hilarious. kind of a tagline, right? It did. Yeah. Pour with vigor. Pour with vigor, as he <laughs> says. Um, and some people like not to have much of a head. I'll give you kind of a medium on this. Just a little tasty taste. <laughs> and he's pulse like, please don't. It's good. All right, so you would start looking at the color or the CRM of this beer. You want to give it a nice shake. That's a swirl. You should get, More of a swirl than Yeah, a it's shake. a shaky swirl. This is the uh, oh. retro nasal grade. If you were here, I saw you'll you. sip and then swallow and then blow it out your nose. There's different ways to taste. Wait, you but blow it out your nose? There is a way to, well, not the beer, of course. Okay. Just the sense. Okay. Um, but why don't you give this a try? See if you get, tell me what you're getting on that. Now, I want to go past the foam. You right? can do that. Because right now, I just want to eat the foam. And by the way, if it gets on your nose, you're doing it right. A little more, a little more. There he goes. Oh, he's doing a real swirl there with his mouth. All right, that went down easier than any beer I've ever had in my life. Well, see, when you get a good beer. Wait a second. Ew! <laughs> it's a way homer. No, for sure. And another thing we learned about uh, a lot of these brewers is that there's a lot of glass passing. So 
I didn't oh, say what you think I said. I'm supposed to keep that. No, no, I'm saying that's good. A lot of <laughs> oh. chefs you're with, you know, they're going to be eating off a fork, and then you're going to be eating off the same fork. And at first you're like, I, I can't, no, I, I don't want to. And the same get thing over with it. beers. Yeah. Well, they're like, that's just not how it's done. It's almost rude to insult another brewer by that. I'll have my own glass. No, no, you won't do that. If I get my nose right in there. You should be getting chocolate. You should be getting an oatmeal. Wait, wait, I'll tell you what you I get. Tell me what I'll you're tell getting. you what I'll I get. Tell I'll tell you what I'm... I'm going to have to join you. Licorice. Paul, I am getting licorice. Ding! Hey. Yeah, there's definitely licorice in that. For me, different people will find different things. As the beer warms up, the flavors become more pronounced, right? And this is going to sound like a terrible ad. My wife is like, why did you say that? But if you, uh, the more you wind up drinking different types of beer, the better your palate will become. I believe that. So I recommend that to all the kids at home. Not you. Drink a ton of beer, kids. Right. No, and also, I mean, I would say... The more experienced you become with things that you like, you'll, you, those are your go-tos. You'll know, oh, this is definitely a Saison. This is definitely a Porter. This is definitely uh, an Imperial Ale. You'll know what it is pretty quickly by going through it. But I want to go back to the guy. Again, I know you said it's not fair, but is there a faction of people who will be like, you don't add fruit to beer, beers? Only, I would say, my experience, sure. Your, your traditional beer drinkers here and there. But in the film, uh, there's a oh, the film purity is, law yeah. called Reinheitsgebot. Oh, yes. Reinheitsgebot. That, you gave that its own graphic. The German, yeah, we, yeah. And the... Uh, Beautiful beat cues that we put together. Thank you, Mike Cooley. Uh, I would say that those folks in Bavaria, which is very, 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 very conservative with their beers, don't want uh, you to consider a beer anything but the four primary ingredients, which we talk about in the film. And outside of that, Tanya Cornett and other brewers we work with and that are in the film, they, they could be brewing with uh, you know, bubble gum or different fruit, or just almost anything. It's incredible what you could be creative with outside of Germany. Right. All right. Let's see what else you're up for. We're still in the desserty place, so we'll stick yes, with please. that. Yes, please. Because I'll be honest with you, it's the bitterness of the beer that's always turned that's me off hops. to not so you may not be a hop guy. You may not be as hoppy as some. Oh, okay. This one is a dessert beer. Again, less see, hops. This would yes, far less. In fact, some of them wouldn't even have hops more than just a bit. So try this. Kind of looks the same. Compare this similar beer, but this this should give you a different flavor. I'll turn the label away. What gives what it uh, darkness? Like I wish Guinness. I could Like I went that. to a Guinness factory in, in Guinness Ireland, great. and I did the whole tour, and it ends with they give you a beer. Well, I had to drink that beer because I'm not – like I went to Italy. I'm not sure. leaving without having wine. Right. I, I had wine. So I don't drink much, but I tried it then. And so is it Guinness this and these two beers? It's a stout. This is an imperial stout. Ah, What, what constitutes a stout? I wish Again, I this might you. be for a lot oh, of people. Oh, Joe or Ryan, if only you were here. <laughs> or Scott Owen, my partner in crime. Uh, I will tell you this. Ooh, um, this is sweeter for you're sure. You're going to get that this is barrel-aged. So you've heard about some things being barrel-aged mm -hmm. and other uh, spirits and wines and things like that. Uh, that'll give it a very distinctive quality. And that's one that I picked up on, on the nose of a beer that we tried with Joe. Right out of the gate, I'm getting grapes. <laughs> no grapes. No grapes? No grapes. We failed There's to test. a sweetness. Definite sweetness. This is a dessert beer. What which is, people the, what is the sweetness if it's not grapes? What could it be? What could it be? Definitely want to use the nose. The tasting helps, but it's your nose. So inhale as you're doing that. And when you take your next sip, you'll get a better taste. And as you swallow that, Paul, I want you to breathe out through your nose. So take a sip, swallow and breathe out through your nose and see if you can't nail that. That's the, what the retro nasal grade, right. I believe that's called. Swallow in, out through the nose, inhale. What are you getting? And then you can also waft the glass over your nose as you're inhaling it. I like the way you waft, by the way. Wafting? Kind of starting out a wrist? and pushing out. That is a thing. That I wish I thing. could have uh, the Master Cicerones here to tell you how that what that's about. Apple? Yeah, I would get an apple on that one. Yeah. Do you get any coconut? 
Try for coconut and macaroon. Because I usually get a lot of that on this. Never drink out of a can, people. You have to pour it. But I'm saving glasses for full. <laughs> yeah, there's coconut. Immediate coconut for me. Yeah, for you? Yeah. See, I'll get there. Now, I'll give you 10 seconds sidebar Back to here. me in a year when my palate's uh, all set. Yeah. No, but there's two schools of thought. And uh, they're very vociferously um, opposed to each other. One is that you're born with or without a great nose or palate for tasting. And one is that you're not born with it. It can be taught. Uh, my experience working with a lot of the master Cicerones and a lot of the master brewers in this, and a lot of people would disagree with this, is that I think you're born with it. Because when, when we were going through those tasting panels with the same level of sort of beer drinking experience and finding out that, not that it's me, but one of us, who could it be? <laughs> One of us was able to do it very, very well and have, this, have a similar background with wine. And some folks, it's more difficult. My wife, for instance, my wife, uh, would have more difficulty discerning some of those things. And she thinks she doesn't have a good nose for it. So I think you're born with it and you make it better. And I, that's why I think you only have 13 master Cicerones or more. Check the film to find out who passes or doesn't uh, in the world. It's difficult. Hmm. I think it's a craft that they are born with, pun, did you, and they develop. Did you follow anyone in the film and then... Like stop following because it seemed like they had no shot. Of no, did you like, that's funny. Or did you just follow? You set out to do Ryan and Joe. And yep. That's, and there are ooh, two good other. Call then. Yeah. Because they were fortunate. interesting. Yeah. Again, they were. We worked really hard to try to. Both find... had good stories. Uh, Joe had some sadness, and of course, he yeah. served the country, which is great. So yep. yeah, he's cool. He's great. They're all great, but um, there are some uh, amazing things that Joe has to overcome in this film, and I think that's what gives a lot of the story arc for him its heart. What else? All right, let's see what we got. These were two. These are both stouts, right? So so far, okay. you're a non-beer drinker. Don't like it, and we're one for two, two for yeah, two. And the, the second one is they're both good. Yeah. Okay. The, the second one was a little sweeter, which I like. Okay. So sweet is good, which we'll, is why we'll when I when I would ever drink, should I ever, okay. like a bachelor party and other stuff, uh, I would have like a screwdriver. Why? Because okay. I like sweet. My mouth knows it. Okay. It's tasty. Well, I Paul, enjoy it. This is going to make you very happy. Then. Oh really? Uh, this is one of my favorite beers in the world. Ooh, it's coming out red. It sure is, folks. Let's see if I can do a good job with this. Well, the beer itself is red, not just the fruit. This is a blackberry and black raspberry saison from Brewery West, which is local. And if, you know, different folks in our film have the distinction of Pope, not from our film. One is the world's uh, beer Pope. One is the Pope of Foam. Dr. Um, Charlie Bamforth is the opening of the film. He would tell you about these bubbles. So at the opening of the film, it's awesome. And again, he... Uh, he would prefer you to pour with vigor, as he says, and you talk about a tagline. So let that sit a second or yeah, give it a you shot. you got yourself a hell of a head on that from the pour. I, I should have given you a more gentle pour. <laughs> no, I want that. That's what they Wait always say. Get a, get a good pull on that. First. Yeah. Watching Paul. I mean, I know it has blackberry, so. I, I did tell you that, it. but I want to know what kind of, what, what you're getting in terms of its, what, is it more sweet? Is it more sour? Is it more tart? Does it uh, have a high ABV or alcohol by volume? You can tell that the last two we had were very high ABV. This is much lower, as a saison, which is a Belgian farmhouse. I'm getting. I'm not getting any kickback that it would be tart or sour. So it's just a sweet beer. You like that? Yeah, that's cool. I it's do a fruit like beer. So this is an everyday kind of drinking beer. One would be a dessert beer that you had, and the other would be. These are pretty intense to have an imperial stout. You know, I mean, for breakfast, of course. And local. This is local. I think this is local. This one I don't know, but highly recommended. Cool. I'll be over here if you need me. Yeah. We're leaving these beers for you, Paul. That one's good. That's my right? favorite so far. And look, if you I don't know if you can see, if you can take compare the colors of these between an imperial stout, a barrel-aged stout, which more redness, and then this, which is more of a, obviously, blackberry strawberry color. And these aren't flavorings that are added. These are ingredients. So in other words, for a beer like that, 
those are fruits that are mashed up and ground down for the imperial stouts and things. They're not adding a flavoring. They're adding the actual ingredients most of the time. So Tanya Cornett, who's in the film, has a beer that has gin blossoms in it, and I think it's called either Ginspiration, or I, I told her to call it Ginsanity if she doubled the alcohol. Ginsanity. It's a keeper. Yeah, every time uh, we check in with her in the film, she's in a different part great. of Europe. Yeah, and I think that for us, we didn't seek to have a female brewer in the film. We wanted the very best brewers in the world, and she's incredibly famous. Uh, I was thrilled, though, that she's able to sort of hold up a torch and say to people, like, you know, this isn't a this isn't a boy's thing. This she, is a person's thing. She says thing. that early in the film, yeah. and I thought that she's was right. great. Yeah, because why, why would you even assign a gender to this particular guy? Guys drinking beer, I right. guess. But, you know, especially when the way you talk about it, and it's the same way that the the – um, yeah, what are they called again? Cicerones. Yeah. Talk about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's certainly more than just the thing that's going to get you drunk on Friday. Right. And as know? she said, you know, and I won't do it justice, but the film does, she talks about beer in a way that says beer doesn't know who brewed it, right? So yeah, it's not a male true. or a female thing. It's just it, anybody can do this. I, I would disagree with Tanya and say anybody can't do it. She is a world-class brewer. So I would is like Joe. to see uh, Ratatouille 2. Yeah. Where he comes across anyone can brew book, and then Remy the rat starts making beer. That's good. Yeah. Pixar, if you're listening. Yeah. Is, that's not a cheap uh, idea, no. Pixar, if you are listening. You should write that down. Yeah. Write that down, Paul. This isn't. All right. What else? And what's the last one? The last the Jap- one the I Japanese saved. beer, but it's Belgian? You know, it's Belgian, and this came from uh, my local craft beer guy who is really an expert in this, and he's just a great salesman, and he forced us to do this. But I, I have not had this, but to get a Japanese really? Belgian wit which is a Belgian white, which Joe, I think, has one of the best Belgian whites in the world from our film, Joe Vogelbacher. Let's see if I can pop this open. This is a fancy tool. Oh, this oh. is our first bottle. Oh, yeah. Got Ooh. Ooh. Cut it out. Hey, there it is. Okay, wait. We should have done that closer to the mic. We could have done that. And let's have the last glass. Right there. I will try because it's a wit in Belgian. How many times do I have to do that to your poor <laughs> audio here? We'll try to give you less head by pouring a shorter distance. Hello. Because I know you're not a head man. That's okay. Uh, this is known as a white beer? This is a wit or a white. Wow. These are great. I don't know how you're going to feel about this. Really? Belgian beers are, is many super people hoppy? believe. Well, they're really unusual. The Belgians are known, among other things, uh, that they're known for to make the best beers in the world. There's sweetness in that. Definitely. Yeah. But not as sweet as the dessert beers you've had. So I'd be fascinated. This is definitely getting into the hops. I don't think you'd be disappointed, though. Cut to... Paul's disappointed. Lemon? Ooh, good. Yeah. You could get some of that. Definitely yeah. going to be some uh, citrus rind in there. And it's ingredients, you say? Yeah, or is it part of the barrels? No, it's how the I, process is I done. I worked for Dewar's once. Did you? Believe it or not, don't drink it. Wait, yeah. I also right. worked for GMC, drive a Prius. Right. But uh, <laughs> when I worked for Dewar's, we learned all about how much the casks yeah. and the barrels themselves uh, affect the flavor. If you're talking about a barrel aging or uh, where yeast in the neck of a bottle, as you see Leonardo do in the film. Wait for it. He's not sure what he thinks, folks. I feel like, I like I'm doing it. play-by-play commentary, color commentary for beer. It's not heavy. I like the it's lightness. Yeah. The, uh, that's a lighter. Um, again, we're talking about CRM is the color scale of the beer. I'm going to break a rule and try that. Oh, okay. It's gonna see you. Since we're at the end. You don't want to go out of the bottle, right? Wait, what's the rule? Sharing a glass, Most people right? are sharing, but I wanted you to have it. Hey, you this told for me you, earlier Paul. that the, the, the good the, the masters will share a glass. That's fantastic. For a Japanese um, brewery to be making a Belgian beer that good is surprising. I still say the Belgians do it better, and Sugar Creek from our film does it better. Just, that's why you win gold medal after gold medal after gold medal by making the world's best beer. And it's hard. It's very, very competitive. When it's a gold medal, it's not a sticker you're getting. This is you know, seven, eight, ten thousand breweries competing to try to get a gold medal. Ooh, is there category. another doc in that? 
probably. Yeah, I think the whole competition for the yeah medals is a is a doc, and then you yeah, yeah then you can involve people from all over the country. Right. Think of the traveling. Think of the time away from your family. Oh, wonderful! It's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, it's terrible. It's awful. I can't wait to get back home. Yeah. I would say that um, we were fortunate. Sorry, I'm going back to the Blackberry. Uh, of course. Now, see, that tell that's a tell. That mm-hmm. tells me that's, that's that's where you want to go. You're yeah. a saison guy. You like the fruitier beers. I do. I don't judge. Uh, Tanya, also from the film, probably is the most famous brewer of sour beers in the world. I didn't want to come in and knock you out with that. That's like someone who's never heard uh, rock music. You're like, I'm going to start you off with some Metallica. Here's some Leibach. Right. You can't. You got You got it. Let's start with yeah. some Beatles. Let's move you up the scale before you get into the heavier metal and then all the way out to the... But to give you a sour, I don't think you were ready for a Lambic or a sour. They are very hard to brew. Uh, the way in which the yeasts and the, I won't try to pronounce the words that they use to put uh, natural fermentation to use and wild yeast that ferments, uh, but they're fascinating. People who like sour beverages or certain kind of martini, for instance, or um, anything that has a, almost a bitterness to it, you have to have it acquired. They're advanced beers, I would say. My wife, uh, my wife didn't like it at <laughs> Tonight. all. That's for you. Tonight. <laughs> Nobody cares about us but Petros, right? Yeah. Um, but I think to get through that and enjoy it, uh, that'll be your, for, for the next time. We'll bring you sour beers next time with raspberry or, or beers that are sour with cucumbers. And she shares some of those with a very famous German beer master that she's on a, a quest to find in the film. It's pretty cool. Now, you've drank beer your whole life. And now you've been Since exposed to a whole bunch no. of other parts of beer. Another whole other aspect of beer right. making this film. So what is your favorite beer? Gosh. Honestly, one of them is at this table. It's this Brewery West um, local Blackberry Saison. The fantastic. one I'm drinking? The one yeah, that I like really good. is it one of your favorites. It is, and it's there's a good. similar beer from uh, Modern Times Brewery from San Diego called Sula. It's impossible to find. I should not have said that to your 25 million. <laughs> I did this because he told <laughs> me to he has 25 million followers. Look, like, we're all going to right. Comic Con, so we'll, right. while you're there, go find this. Brewery. It's really amazing. Yeah. It's really amazing. And um, Tanya's beers are fantastic. Her sours and um, even basic beers like Golden Road here locally in LA that has a mango cart. It's one of the most drinkable beers you'll ever have in your life. In the world of of beer, what reputation does your Carl Strauss, Gordon Biersch, uh, uh, BJ's have? I think it varies, but it depends on who you're talking to, right? There's a certain group of people who are very loyal to beer. There are people that are very anti-big beer. We encountered a little bit of that with the Anheuser-Busch stuff, which is like, how dare you make it? Well, they were very fortunate in that we were very fortunate in that they wanted us to have all the doors open. They didn't tell us, go make a film about They just said, what do you need? Who do you want? And how can we help? Uh, shout out to Jonathan, our partner. Um, well, you do tour the you do tour the archives. Did. I don't yeah. know how many people. Jonathan Hack. Jonathan Hack. I don't know how many people have been in that archive. I don't know if it's ever been videotaped like we did before. It was an amazing honor. I mean, it's that's 152 years of American history in a room. There's nothing older. That's as old as it goes in terms of our beer history. That's cataloged like that. So as you see in the film, your favorite chef Sean goes back that far, 152 years, and then further back, and then further back all the way to Plymouth. Uh, and he learned a lot. I think that as much as he is a very skilled brewer and a tremendous chef, uh, it's very difficult to do it the way it was done by early Americans like that. Does Anheuser have a a, a high end beer like that? Like yeah, a higher upper echelon. Funny you mention that because I, I, I think of I them. them you think of them for Bud and Bush and all that. Right. But. So Anheuser Bush on obviously the on one side, the known side would be Budweiser, Bud Light, and those things. But they actually have a division. It's amazing you nailed it. Called the high end. Oh, or well, formerly called the High End. It's a new name now. I think it's the Brewers, Brewers Collective. Jonathan, that was for you. Uh, they, uh, in that category, have some of the finest craft breweries on earth. And a lot of people don't know that they own them. They don't, they're not buying them up. You know, Apple 
or Microsoft style is this behemoth. They're doing it because they're saying, you make amazing beer, Wicked Weed, or you make amazing beer at different uh, breweries around the country. And they, they you know, infuse them with money. And they say, basically, can you make that on a bigger scale? What do you need to make it? So we, uh, and we'll get that's in the, on your distribution and yeah. your profits, and we'll, make we'll, it, we'll, we'll work more, together. More than what yeah. they're being, for sure. Yeah. But um, the funny thing is that the, some of the breweries that we wanted to go after and said, well, these are really famous beers and breweries and people can you help us get access? We didn't even know that some of those they owned anyway. So it was a wonderful surprise to be able to say, that's no problem. But yeah. Yeah, like when I found out Hyundai owns right. Genesis, yeah. right? And right? I'm like, oh, so you're not just a Hyundai. You no, got the high-end version. People are like, I don't have a Honda. Uh, I have an Accor. I have yeah. an Acura. Whoops. This beer. He's going back in. See, he told me, I've never had a beer. I don't want a beer, but I'll try it for you on the show. And suddenly... Bring me a sweet one. The taste. The thing is, they, just, they, you, they have Paul. never tasted all that amazing. So maybe the lesson here today is there's a beer for everybody. And there it's a go. film that's not just about beer, but it's a film for everybody. Yeah. It is about people. I mean, if, as all good documentaries are. Yeah. If you're not... I mean, you can't just spew facts about a subject. On You have to have... The human right. angle, and one and, of the things that you this, brought that. Yeah, one of the things this doc is not, and I love documentaries. Uh, friends of ours made uh, Jiro Dreams of Sushi, which we think is an amazing film, and love and aspire to be very much like. Hopefully, we did a good job. Uh, same thing with Psalm, the wine doc that's very similar to ours in terms of it, the sommelier versus the master cicerone. But a lot of docs have a message and a moral and a political stance, and they're heavy and they want to convince you of something, and that's fine and that's great. This is not that doc. This is a feel-good, enjoyable adventure story about four zany people that are trying to do impossibly hard things and what they go through and learn, and they succeed and they fail, and you learn only by watching it. And I think that's why it's such a popular film. You know, it's interesting. It, 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 looking at the grand scope of documentaries, it seems like they're almost preaching to the choir. It almost feels like the person ranting on Facebook who you agree with. Neither of you are changing anybody's right, mind. Right, it, right. It, like Even movies I think that are super important and have a great message, sadly, unless... The occasional Michael Moore Bowling for Columbine will get Kmart to change their right. their gun sales right. uh, methods. Hopefully, but most of them just kind of don't. They you, you kind of go yeah, but do they really make a major impact? Right, uh, it's it's a shame. So yeah, sometimes it's just bringing the human angle and not yeah. so much the uh, political side. Right, right. That yeah. was, our goal was simple. It was just make a great film about great characters doing great things, and great. Clearly, it's working on you. Yeah. So you went to USC. I did. And studied film? Film. Oh, good. So did Mike Because yeah, we met working in... Uh, we like, go back uh, a ways. This sounds like a bad sign. How long have we known each other? Hey. Been a long time. <laughs> we worked on, on uh, media for marketing and that kind of stuff, which many, you many certainly years. use your skills on that, but I'm glad you, yes. you kind of pivoted over to yeah. making a film. You know, man. one day I woke up and I said, uh, you know, I'm a trained writer, director, and producer, and I was... Uh, doing great things for other folks and not for what my dreams were. And I thought, damn it, I'm going to remember. Here, here, amen. Yeah, then I told my wife I was doing that, and she was uh, delighted. She left you. But no, your she, new wife is My new wife is fantastic. <laughs> no, she was very supportive, and yeah. uh, it's been a great ride. We're, our company, 111, is new, and we're already active in feature films and television and documentaries and animation and much more coming soon. So we're, we're grateful. Uh, the, other, the other thing I saw on IMDb was Call of the Congo. Call of the Congo. Which is what? That is a film that uh, my partner, writing partner, directing partner, Scott Owen, and I wrote uh, that we are producing together with uh, Mike Cooley and some other partners. It's currently at Paramount. We hope it makes their slate. Uh, original film that does the Fast and Furious stuff is aboard now, as is Wonder Film and like, Brett uh, Saxon. Is that uh, Neil Moritz? It is. Okay. Another great Trojan. Just oh, is that right? Oh, there you go. Why does it do that every time? I can't make it. What am I doing? Close enough. What is it? 
Da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I Add the it. music there. That was there. It took me a second. I it went did. right to the Braves for some reason. Da, 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 da. Right. Yeah, which is wrong. It is. Yeah. But fight on anyway. Uh, well, let me ask you a couple of things. First of all, have you seen anything lately in the uh, movie-wise? We talk movies here. You know, what have I seen? Depending on when this airs, I still have not seen the new Marvel film. And I can't believe my 16-year-old daughter, Gianna Swift, hasn't uh, yet spoiled it. The last Marvel film. So the I don't world, think this is the world may have spoiled I, it by probably. now. Good lord! Yeah, but the first, the, the first the part Russos of that, are starting to spoil it. Totally. They're like, look, we, you've had your month. I've, I'm way <laughs> off on this. Uh, but the first part of that film, Avengers, Infinity War, Infinity War, right? My daughter came home. Step in this garage and not know the name of the last no, two Avengers. My daughter movies. came home having seen that and literally like a bad uh, Simpsons, a good Simpsons episode with a bad Homer Simpson. She comes home and goes, I can't believe everyone dies. <laughs> it's like, you can't do that. And she's like, well, I mean, everybody dies. <laughs> it's like Homer Simpson coming out, right? And he's seen Empire Strikes Back. And when he <laughs> says, true. you know the bit. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, I haven't seen a film in a theater in a long time. Black Panther I enjoyed. At home? Or I felt like I had. Black Panther? It's been a while, yeah, man. It's we were been making a, year a film. Two we were making a film. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing this year's Star Wars film, though. I think they're gonna they're gonna close it big. Well, feel free to listen to the Countdown to Nine podcast here with the movie guys, Paul Preston and Sean Blodgett, counting down to Episode Nine of Star Wars each month, going over one of the films from the Star Wars universe one a month until we get to Episode Nine you know in I December. Will. That's what's going on with us. All right, well, let me, uh, screw all that then. Let me widen the question to what we ask everybody who comes on the show: What is your favorite movie of all time? And Gosh. I think we may have had a spoiler mm. on that already. Might have been a spoiler. Might be in this room. Could one, be, the one behind me. could be. I would have to say it would be Star Wars, yeah. and I, I not I don't want to speak for my partner Scott Owen, but uh, it would it would be Star Wars, if not Empire, and it's a great debate in that. Um, I go Star Wars. I, I like Empire, but um, you know, it's a dumb argument to say the film doesn't stand on its own because it's totally in the middle, but. That's a thing. When I think about Star Wars beginning to end arc, journey of the one person, it's, it's. It's of 70s filmmaking. It's fantastic. That's, I mean, and that's what I think uh, they're currently missing in the Disney uh, uh, versions. But Star Wars is born out of Coppola, De Palma, right. you know, and uh, Lucas, Spielberg, Spielberg, Lucas. Oh. And who am I missing? There's uh, one more. Uh, Scorsese. Scorsese. So it's all that 70s filmmaking that, that birthed Star Wars, that's despite of, its place yeah. and its fantasy element. A lot of good juice there. A lot of good yeah. 70s juice. And I think that for folks that don't appreciate the original, it's time to go back and watch it again. I hope that there's some time it gets re-released in theaters. People can go see it again. Uh, even my own daughter and friends and family appreciate that that's, uh, it's a seminal work. And only because Leo Quinones, our, our dear, dear friend, is not in the studio with us today. That didn't sound right. You know what I mean. Mm -hmm. uh, he would tell you that, uh, the film freak, by the way, that Raiders of the Lost Ark is maybe a perfect film and also a masterpiece. And feels like there's a little bit of that in there. Well, that's my number one. I would put yeah, both that of those very movies, close, both those close. movies, as I may have mentioned quickly before the show, is brilliance and expertise plus yeah. time. And it means it doesn't mean you have to make a great film that can't also be popular. I mean, we could talk about Lawrence of Arabia, we could talk about Clockwork Orange, Godfather, great films, all the Fellini films. But there's a there's a, a limited base beyond which they won't reach a general audience. And so I think when you make a Star Wars, uh, Raiders, things like that, a, a beers of joy. If I may say, <laughs> uh, you, you reach a wide audience with a film that's popular, and we're happy well. Star to do Wars it. didn't try. That's the thing. That's a good it point. just was, and yeah. it seems like the new ones like we better add this humor or better add this element yep. or this wacky thing. Like there's no goofy to no. Star Wars. No. Yet there's laughs. Yet yeah. there's relief in in you know a light moment. Or right. There's jokes and we have fun. Uh, and I, yeah, just mythology, everything. Yeah, 
I wish uh, more movies would just you, like, hit it you don't out have of the to park. bring down the goofy. They think the goofy then will then everybody will love us. Yuck, but yuck, instead, yuck, I find yuck. it divisive. You right, know? just the opposite of what they, they were going for. I yeah, I usually ask, "What is your favorite movie of all time?" And it's assumed besides Star Wars. Wow, because everybody loves Star Wars. Right, you should say what's your favorite film other than Star Wars. Yeah, but because everybody loves Star Wars. I didn't just there say it because you You're put those one. up. Now it is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean. I, People struggle with answering that question. Some people say, is it the movie that if I put it in right now, I'm in for an hour. I can't I drop everything if I see it on. Right. You know, or is it the movie that I is my favorite movie of all time right now? Because I I, be I've guy. said that before. You put on right. Princess Bride right now. That's the greatest movie I've ever seen. I agree with that, too. You know? <laughs> but however, Raiders, just time plus excellence. It's hard to pick one. Yeah. I, I like to think the length the movie's been with you because I think Broadcast News is brilliant. Yeah, I is. think No Country for Old Men is brilliant. Jaws. And uh, Jaws. Right. Well, Jaws is older than, older than Star Wars. I'm but not like, going to make a Baywatch joke. We talked about this. <laughs> no Baywatch joke. I'm saying something that's new and brilliant just hasn't been with me as long. I'm a right. big La La Land guy. I love that movie. It's a great film. Uh, masterpiece. But What did you think when uh, Matrix came out? You're one of those guys that loved it and went right back in like me at oh, yeah. Chinese Theater. Yeah. Absolutely. That knocked and I got to admit, as much as I love Star Wars, I kind of was thrilled to see him beat Phantom Menace at yeah. the uh, Academy Awards for right. visual effects. Right. Because those were groundbreaking visual totally effects. Totally groundbreaking. They were groundbreaking visual effects for, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to catch heat on that, and Phantom Menace as well, but right. they were not as applied as I don't think expertly. they knocked you, knocked you down, no pun intended to our friend Keanu getting knocked down backwards. Yeah. But uh, they knocked you out. Personal, close personal friend. Oh, yeah. Cool breeze. I'll be right there, Keanu. <laughs> you wait till we're done with the show, then yeah, we'll get to you. Buddy. You're up next, buddy. Yeah. But all right, so Star Wars, it's marking it down. Thanks, David. Well, that wraps another TMG interview. Thanks. Anything else you need to say? We need to get to the to where to find it again. VOD. It's it is everywhere. on Blu-ray and DVD yeah. as well. You could look online. Just Google uh, Beers of Joy. You could certainly look it up on the website beersofjoymovie.com. And it's it's all over the place. It's no longer in theaters, but it was for a while, which is great. Oh yeah, the country. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. unusual for a doc. I missed that. And it's everywhere. And uh, next place it'll be is on video on demand. We are on SVOD. We'll find out where soon. Which is what? You know the Hulu's, the Amazons. Oh the, right, oh, right. Yes. Then. How does that work? How does what payment wise? Well, that's another, yeah. another conversation. It seems like that stuff is always kept close to the chest. It's like you it's, get paid once, and yeah. then they re up you. It's always different. every month. That's always different. Depends on what they want. All right, uh, beersofjoymovie.com and at beersofjoy on Facebook. Otherwise, at beersofjoymovie for your Twitter and Instagram. And of course, we're at the movie guys pretty much everywhere: iTunes, Instagram, um, Facebook, whatever. You're everywhere. Um, and, of course, YouTube, Google Play, Voodoo, Amazon, etc. for streaming beers of joy. And you can find everything we're up to, including reviews, articles, and more at themovieguys.net. Thank you, David. Thank you, Paul. <laughs>